return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Did you all have a good day today? Amen. Luke, Luke Yervig had his uh, high school celebration today and so... Uh, uh, they met actually in Clear Lake, you know, they met in the gym and stuff. So they had a great, great time, good celebration and gathering at their house. That was good. He'll be heading to STSU this fall. Amen. Glad you're here. Tonight, Deb Callsbeck's got a word for us. Uh, Deb's got her mic on. Okay. Okay. Let's welcome Deb. Amen. Praise, Praise God. Praise the Lord. So good to be here. Always, it's sweet in the presence of the Lord, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. I'd like to start with the passage right away in Luke chapter 10. This is a marvelous chapter. We're just going to read a couple verses here. Now, Jesus has just appointed 70 new disciples besides the basic 12. And this is what um, it says. Well, is this King James? After these things, the Lord appointed also 70 also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, the the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Go your ways now, behold, I'm sending you forth as lambs among the wolves. And when they returned... It was with a whole lot of joy. And we're going to look at verse 17 here, 17, 18, 19. It says, the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. This is a big deal, guys. (laughs) And Jesus said to them, listen, I saw it. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And then he says, behold, and he repeats this. I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. And there's one more verse, right? Do we have the next one? Um, Notwithstanding in this rejoice, Jesus said, not that the spirits are subject unto you. Again, that same key statement is repeated. The devils are subject to us in Jesus' name. Then it says, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And verse 21 says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. Mm -hmm. So, Father, we praise you. you, We praise you that you have given us power through your name over every demon and all of the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Thank you that you gave us power, that you gave us authority in that glorious name and by that wonderful blood that you shed at Calvary. And I praise you that we are victors in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we're asking for your Holy Spirit to give us revelation knowledge of what this means to have this kind of authority. Hallelujah. That the gates of hell cannot and shall not prevail against 
the power of the church. The yes. power of the church already has been given. Yep. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Now that little verse at the end, verse 21, that says Jesus rejoiced in spirit. In the Greek, the picture is of a fountain just yep. bursting forth. So Jesus' spirit man is so thrilled, yep. so excited, yep. probably because he knows the absolute complete victory that's yep. coming very soon yep. after he suffers, after he dies, after yep. he raises from the yep. dead. But he's also a tiny bit happy that his disciples understood this yep. power and this authority that there was mm-hmm. and that there is in the yep. name of Jesus Christ Amen. of Nazareth. Amen. Now maybe you figured it out. That we live in this world, not just humans. There are angels, glory to God, and there are also demons. Now, um, God has not left us, however, floundering in the dark, wondering what am I going to do, how am I going to handle this. He has given us exosia. I know I've been pronouncing that wrong for a long time, I, but I had to look it up since I was going to preach on it. That word there in Luke chapter 10, which verse was that? Where it says, I give you power, I give you authority. That's the word exosia. And this is what the Amplified has for verse 19, Luke 10:19. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess. Woo, love it. To tread on serpents and scorpions. Now, the commentators explain that serpents and scorpions refer to wicked and crafty men. But remember, our Pastor Dave has been reminding us often, our, our fight is not with human beings. We don't hate them. We don't want to get rid of them. We pray for their salvation. We want to engage with them and love them into the kingdom. The fight is with the principalities and the powers that are behind the wickedness going on. And then it says, look what else this word means. I have also given you the ability to exercise authority over a little bit of the enemy's power. No, it's all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way uh, hurt you. Now, maybe my Amplified is a little different than this Amplified, so I just want to read to you what... Maybe it was the classic edition. Anyway, it says, I give you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, and I give unto you physical and mental strength. Wow, that comes in handy. Physical and mental strength. There it is. And ability. I just needed to read it again. It was all right up there, right? Oh, did she change? Okay, praise the Lord. I was wondering, is there something wrong with me? All right. Mental strength. Wow, people, do you understand what that means? God has given us mental strength, physical ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing, nothing, nothing nothing by any means shall hurt you. Now, we need to get that verse memorized, by the way. (laughs) At least put it on a little card in your pocket and pull it out every time you need it, right? So this word exosia refers to jurisdiction, to the right to control and to govern. I think, to me, jurisdiction is kind of like our wonderful governor, Christy Nome, has jurisdiction over South Dakota. Not Minnesota, not Iowa, not North Dakota, but over South Dakota. Now, it doesn't say that we have jurisdiction only over uh, certain parts of the enemy's power. For example, sickness. 
No, we have power over all the power of the enemy. If you're talking about, you name it, what the enemy's been up to. We have power and authority over all of it. It talks about delegated influence. It talks about, here's another definition from Strong's Concordance. Superhuman ability. And you're probably thinking, oh, not me. Hey, yeah. Maybe you should use the word supernatural instead of superhuman. Maybe we'll get it. But we have this supernatural ability and authority. Now, in this passage that we just read in Luke chapter 10, it's pretty obvious that these 70 disciples were thrilled. They were overwhelmed that the demons were subject to them in Jesus' name. And Jesus, of course, was even more aware of the giant victory that was coming after the cross and the resurrection. But the question really is, are we aware of this authority? Because it wasn't just theirs. It's also ours. Do we understand the power of the blood to do damage to the power, the kingdom of darkness? And the million-dollar question is, do we use it? I mean, I think most believers, if I interviewed every one of you in the house, I'm sure, at least 99.9% sure, that every one of you would tell me, I believe in angels, I believe in demons, I believe what you're talking about, about this authority that God's given us. But friends, do we use it? Do we use the authority? And what should we maybe be doing with this knowledge and authority that we are learning about? Or maybe you've already known about it for a long time. Because there's a whole lot of darkness and a whole lot of craziness going on in our world right now. And I believe that God is calling us to do something about it. So Chris Vallotton, maybe you've heard of his name. He's um, on staff at um, Bethel Church in Redding, California. And he tells this story of when he was um, in Lewiston, California. I think he was youth pastor in Weaversville, and I don't know the distance or how far away it is, but when his youth pastorship ended, the Lord told him, I'm going to give you the city of Lewiston. It's about, whatever, 800, 900 people. And so the instructions the Lord gave him was, I want you to walk around the city every night and pray until I tell you not. And you just pray quietly, pray to yourself. Don't be engaging and talking to other people. Just walk around the city and pray. So he had it in his mind, you know, oh, this is probably going to take about a month. I'll just walk around the city and I'll pray and that's it. Well, it was one month and it was two months and it was three months, it's four months. And he said it was a little bit boring. I mean, how many of you can relate? We know the power of prayer, folks, but... Sometimes it's a little boring. But he kept at it. Every once in a while, somebody would join him and say, okay, I'm going to walk with you tonight. And he could walk the whole city in, the, in about an hour. And, um, but then they said, this is a little boring. So they, didn't, they just kind of stopped coming with him. And it went into six months, seven months. And then all of a sudden, the Lord started talking to him about certain things going on in the houses, like, a child, there's a child here being molested. So he would stop and he'd pray for their deliverance and for he'd just cover them with the blood of Jesus. And then the Lord would show him about drugs in another house or, or prostitution in another. And um, it got to be eight months, nine months. 
And then out of the blue, there were like 25 people that said one morning to him, hey, we're going to join you tonight. Oh, okay. So they all met um, at the gymnasium that night. And um, they divvied up, you know, okay, you two walk that street, you two that street. So they were done pretty quick and fast. And um, they all met then in front of the gymnasium. And uh, there's this big field out back of the gymnasium, like 20, 30 acres, he explained, with um, like grass waist high. And so um, after they had all walked around the city, then they all met here at the gymnasium and they joined hands. And they started to pray. And all of a sudden, there was this blood-curdling scream. Like, so they stopped praying, like, what happened? Did somebody get hurt? What's going on? And then the scream stopped. And so they started again, and again, this blood-curdling scream, like somebody was being hurt. So they stopped praying, and by this point, it's a little scary. Like, a couple people, I I think I'm going to leave now. Nope, you're not leaving. (laughs) And, of course, Chris explained he was a little scared, too, but they just took hands and they prayed a little louder and a little bolder because they were very aware this is a spiritual battle. And this scream started again, and it just continued, so they prayed louder and bolder. And it wasn't very long, and that loud, curdling scream stopped. like It was strangled, and it was done. And they knew there was a breakthrough, that something had happened in the spirit. It was like they were allowed to hear into the spirit world what had been going on for years, for generations in that city. And it was the next day, friends. Well, they did clap. They did praise the Lord. They had a regular worship service there because they knew that God had broken through. So it was the very next day that um, the probation officer from um, from Lewiston called Chris and said, you know, we had a meeting last night, and we decided that you and your wife, we voted on you guys to take care of these 37 kids on probation. Can you imagine 37 in one small town of like 900 that are on probation? But And here's your assignment. You can't talk about Jesus, and you can't preach the Bible. <laughs> but... So they, they played basketball, they played volleyball, and uh, on the, the halftime between games, he gave them a vision that the Lord had given him on the way to the basketball game about sexual purity. And he said a couple of the roughest, toughest kids just became puddles on the floor. And to make a long story short, well, I, I didn't want to shorten it too much because it's such a powerful story, but there were nearly, he was with those kids for five years. Five years and hundreds of kids discipled for Christ. And that city was never the same. Never the same. Never the same. And why? Because somebody prayed. Yes, even when it was boring. Yes, even when it was seeming like nothing is happening. And they took authority and they bound the strong man over that city. Now, I said, like I said earlier, we have this theology. We believe there are angels. We believe there are demons. We know we've been given this authority. But are we exercising it? Jesus wants us, intends us to not only know about it, but to do something about it. Hallelujah. Now, what would happen in our world if we did something like what Chris did? 
Now, granted, he was commanded by the Lord to do it. But I'm guessing somebody prayed somewhere for that city. Was it an anomaly? Is that the right word? How's the way to put it? I mean, was this a completely out-of-the-box, unusual experience that's never going to happen again? What Chris had happen? No, I believe, friends, that you and I can have the same experience if we will pray like that. What could happen in our world if we took authority, for example, over racism in America or anywhere? What if we took authority over the violence in our streets or over COVID-19 and all of its contingencies? I read about this experiment. Now, some of you chemists and biologists probably have a better way of explaining this, but there's these two clear liquids, and it's a painstaking experiment is what I read. That you have to take one, not a dropper full, but one drop. One drop of this clear liquid at a time and you add it to this other clear liquid. That's it. One drop. Then you take another drop. And you keep adding one drop at a time until it turns pink. And you know, ta-da, we've had the breakthrough. I don't know how many drops. Are you familiar with this exercise, this experiment, George? And how many drops does it take? Oh, it is painstaking, correct? <laughs> or maybe you've heard Bill Vanderbush's story about this great big boulder that they had to break in pieces. So they took this sledgehammer and, you know hit at it and hit at it, and he was wore out, so he had to pass the sledgehammer around. And it took, what, some 638 hits before that boulder broke. Friends, that's the way prayer is. One drop at a time that seems like nothing is happening. One hammer at a time against the boulder until there's breakthrough. But friends, here we are with the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, with the blood we know breaks chains, with this light that if we just let go of those arrows of light, they would do damage to the kingdom of darkness. We've just got to let it go. Here it is, this real conflict between good and evil, between light and darkness, between the kingdom of of God and the kingdom of the defeated, disarmed, deauthorized devil. And he's not showing any signs of giving up yet. (laughs) But we've already been given the victory, that's right. Yes? Yes. So whenever we pray, friends, we're engaging. How do I say that? Every time we engage is when we pray. Every time we pray, arrows are released. And I'm telling you, they hit their mark. When we come with the word and the spirit, the miraculous occurs. When we pick up our weapons and do warfare, strongholds come down and bondages are broken. I'm telling you, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Can you show us that scripture? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5, verse 16. A righteous man, anyone in Christ, 
anyone who is in union with Christ is a righteous man or a righteous woman. And the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer, that, those two words are one word in the Greek, energeo. We're talking about energy, power that's released when we pray. Whether you feel like it, like anything happened or not, it is happening, friends. And it says it availeth much. Hallelujah. When we take that perfect righteousness that we have, we now have amazing access to the throne of the Most High God, to the place where he lives and dwells. Not only to the throne of grace, but to the name above every other name and the blood that breaks every chain and the authority that rules in the kingdom of heaven. Now, maybe you've noticed that I titled my message, Praying from the Third Heaven. Uh, So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. So Paul is talking to the Greek believers here who are now saved, but who used to be under the influence, under the control of the prince of the power of the air. And still is, the Bible says, controlling the children of disobedience. All those people out there, Randon was trying to explain this last week for us. All those people out there who think, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm choosing what I want to choose. And yet, they're very much under the control and the influence of the prince of the power of the air. But Jesus broke that power, friends. His death and resurrection defeated and disarmed and deauthorized the devil. And any one of us, any one of us who have placed ourselves in Christ can stand in his victory. When we place ourselves in Christ, friends, in his death, we die with him. We are buried with him. Yes? And then we are resurrected in Christ. How many of you are alive from the dead? Hallelujah. Okay, then there is another place that we can go in him, and that is to that place where we are seated with him in heavenly places. That verse is, um, did we already read that? Oh, let's keep going. I guess it's verse uh, 6. Ephesians. Okay. Is it 2, 6? Yes, Ephesians 2. Well, let's start with 5. Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ, and he raised us up, and he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, it's still by faith, friends. We can stay at that first place where we have just, I'm crucified with Christ. That's a good place to be, but... It's even better if we get resurrected in Christ. And it's even better if we get to that place where we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. All right, Ephesians 3, 11, and 12. We're going to read these two verses from the Passion Bible. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now we have boldness through him. 
I'm telling you, we have power in the name of Jesus. And then it says we have free access as kings. Now, everywhere in the Bible, especially the New Testament, where it talks about us being kings and priests, and priests and kings, and a kingdom of priests, however it puts that, that is all about prayer power. It's all about prayer power. Because what do priests do? They go before God on behalf of someone. And what do kings do? Kings exercise their authority. They bring in kingdom rule wherever they reign. And then it says, we're going to finish that verse here, he has given us free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. And, of course, Ephesians is just loaded with all this business of what we have in Christ. It's marvelous. Um, Ephesians 6, then, all of a sudden, uh, we are talking about the struggle for five chapters, all about what we have in Christ and how we should live to be worthy of um, his name. And then there's this talk about the struggle. Here's verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I purposely chose to use New King James here instead of... King James at the end says, in high places. So sometimes it seems like, okay, high places, but we're sitting in heavenly places. It's actually the same Greek word. Heavenly places is one word in the Greek, and I didn't figure out how to... Anyway, I didn't write it down. You just need to know. Strong's defines it as above the sky. You see, Scripture talks about three heavens. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first heaven is where we live, where we breathe oxygen, where we the five senses rule, seeing and touching and tasting and smelling, and which one did I miss? Hearing, right? And then the second heaven is the one we talked about when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Satan was cast out of heaven. And when we get to heaven, friends, we're not going to be dealing with any demons. There aren't any. The third heaven where God dwells, that's where God is on the throne and the angels are worshiping day and night. And you and I are supposed to be seated with Christ in that third heaven, in that place of authority, over the second heaven, because the second heaven is where Satan and his demons and the whole war is going on. Let me show you this business about the third heaven. 2 Corinthians 12.2. Paul is explaining about himself, but he's trying to do it in a humble way here. So he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body. I do not know God knows. So the war zone is in the second heaven. We live in the first, but the true battle is really in the second. And if we want to have and live in that authority that I've been talking about all night, that the Bible talks about, that we have in Christ, we need to get ourselves up into that third heaven, seated with Christ in that heavenly place, and start exercising that authority that he's given us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the second heaven is trying their best, as you know, to steal, kill, and destroy. Your family, my family, our country, 
other countries. I mean, these people, the people, our friends, people we love, that we're praying for night and day. They need to encounter this third heaven God. They desperately need to touch and see and experience this God. So it's only going to be you and I, friends. We have to get there. That's what the secret place is all about. Do you understand? I mean, the Bible says he that dwelleth in the secret place. Not everybody dwells there. A lot of people still hang out down here in the first heaven. And we have to live here. But we live and move and have our being in him. And when we pray, if, we can, if you can just see yourself there in Christ and just start to exercise just one drop at a time, friends. I know it seems like it's effortless. Um, what's the right word? Ineffective. And like it's not accomplishing anything. But it is. Every time you pray, every time you engage, you are releasing the power of God. And I suspect you've been hearing the call. I mean, maybe we're so busy and so distracted that we don't hear. But I'm telling you, Jesus, this calling is church. I heard this man the other day, some Marillo. What's his first name? Is it Morris Marillo? He he had a word the other day that to the church, the American church, saying, "Speak or forever hold your peace." Like, I mean, we need to get started, <laughs> like now, speaking, releasing the power and the blood. And I know Jesus is calling to every one of us, come and be with me. Have you heard the call? Come and sit with me. Come and sit beside me up in that heavenly place. Take that authority that's yours in the name of Jesus and apply it. And apply the blood. Friends, at Passover, when they killed those lambs and they had all that blood in those basins, It didn't do any good until it was applied to the doorpost. They had to take their hyssop branches and apply it to the doorpost. And we have to take our hyssop branches of faith and apply it. And our mouths. Mm -hmm. We have to use our mouths. Hallelujah. And apply it to the situations and to the people and to the needs. Hallelujah. So stand with me, will you? Father, we praise you and we declare before heaven and earth, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Hallelujah. We sing it, Lord, and we believe it that there is no rival. You have no equal. Yours. Yours is the name forever. The power. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Hallelujah. Jesus, stir our hearts to engage. Stir us, Lord, to pray even when it seems like it's so ineffective and like nothing is happening. Stir us to engage, to release the light, to apply your name, to apply the blood of Jesus that breaks bondages and takes strongholds down. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Lord, that the gates of hell cannot even prevail. You promised it, Jesus. You said that the gates of hell would not prevail, shall not prevail against the power that you've already given the church. So, Lord, we pick it up. We pick it up right now, Lord. We pick up our hyssop branches and we choose to apply the blood to our families and to our nation and to the needs around us. Lord, we choose to apply your name, to speak your name over the people that we love, that we're longing to see come into your kingdom, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for stirring our hearts today. 
and for invigorating us and giving us even superhuman ability, mental and physical strength for this battle that's in front of us. And most of all, thanks for giving us the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Be glad you agree with anybody who wants to have some prayer tonight. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.